Hi everyone and welcome to Let's Get Visible, a podcast for small business owners helping them to grow, have a sustainable business and get more visibility online. I'm Dawes Brown and I'll be bringing you SEO and digital marketing tips as well as interviews and conversations with other small business owners. So let's get started. So today I'm joined by Savvy Sally. Sally's business journey has been far from a straight line. First, she studied law and sociology at uni. Then she fell into a career in financial planning, which meant an additional eight years of study while working full time. After 15 years in that career, having two babies meant she needed a new direction. So, in 2016, she co-founded an online business called South Coast Kids. This is where she realised how much she loved social media and marketing and that it's what she would have done from the very beginning. A business award, 13,000 followers and 18 months later, Sally decided to follow her true passion and started Savvy Sally, a social media and digital marketing business. So, welcome to the Let's Get Visible podcast, Sally. Yay! Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited because I could talk about this sort of stuff all day, every day. Yes, absolutely love it. And as part of that introduction, one thing that I didn't get to mention is you've also recently launched your podcast. I have, yes. And it's so much fun. <laughs> Where you can talk and talk about this stuff again um, endlessly. And yeah, what's the name of that podcast? It is called Sideshow Sally. And it's all about helping people move from having a side hustle or a side business into full time. So it's a process that I went through myself. Yep. And I just thought no one else is really talking about how to do it and how to do things on a zero budget when you're first starting out. So that's what I I thought I'd talk about and I'm about 12 episodes in I think and it's just I just love doing it because I get to talk <laughs> and I love listening to you I love your episodes and there's thank so you. much gold in them thank and you particularly the point that you've mentioned yes when we do start out we're not all rolling in it and so how do we launch something on very little to no budget and to start at a place you know, that's going to lead into something sustainable as well, because we all don't launch and go into business going, oh, we only want to do this for a little amount of time or just temporarily, you know, we want it to grow in and develop into something that is sustainable. So I think sharing all of those insights and tips is definitely what we need. Um, and I love that you're also a South Coast girl and you also studied sociology at uni. Now, yes. we're also the same age. Like we've got so many <laughs> things when we met um, in person last year in 2019, we realised how much we had in common. We've both got two boys. Uh, we're on the South Coast. We studied really similar things at uni. Our interests are really similar and we just get on like an absolute house on fire. So having you here today is an absolute pleasure because I know it's going to be a good one for our Yay! listeners as well. Yay! I hope I can live up to the expectation that you've just set. <laughs> Absolutely. I know that you will. But we connected over a Google My Business inquiry and it wasn't necessarily 
to offer you Google My Business Services, but someone needed that service and we just happened to, yeah, come across um, each other in that, I guess, platform. And then we continued our relationship on social media um, before eventually meeting in person and discussing some exciting things to, to work on and to do together that we'll share with the audience a little bit later on. Um, but you mentioned this as well, and in launching your podcast, the reason why you launched Savvy Sally and having that, you know, background in all of those other bits and pieces and then realizing this is really what I want to do. So can you share with us a little bit more about why you started Savvy Sally and yeah, what has this meant for you and your business and your life? It's a, it's a funny thing because I think it's what I was always meant to be doing as, as you sort of said in the intro, because when I, when I first got to uni, I was actually doing law and communications right. with the intention of either becoming a lawyer or a journalist, two completely different things, I suppose. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I found the journalism degree was just too like stuffy and, and all mm. that. I just wanted to write. I just wanted to communicate. I just wanted to, you know, put words together and make things sound great. And I think that's just what I've always been into. So even when I fell into financial planning, which was funny because I, I thought I was going for a job at a law firm, as you do. And um, it was actually a financial planning firm, but I didn't realize that until I was in reception waiting for my interview. And I'd never, <laughs> I'd never heard of financial planning. I had no idea what that was, yep. but I thought, oh, I'll just go into the interview and just make jokes and whatever. And they ended up offering me the job. And that's why I had to do the extra study after that. But even when I was working all that time as a financial planner, I still just loved the marketing side and the writing side. So I was, I wrote a couple of kids books, teaching them about money as you do. And um, I used to look after the marketing for the business. And I just think that's where my interest always was, but I'd yeah. been severely sidetracked <laughs> for 15 years. Um, yeah. And so then after I had kids, financial planning is a, you're an, either an all in or an all out. Oh my type goodness. Thing. I hear you. Yeah. Yes. And it's just not family friendly. So no. when I had a cup of tea with a friend who I hadn't seen for ages, who you also know, Delise, and yep. um, we just decided to start a, a business, which was South Coast Kids. And that was when social, social media was just sort of becoming really big for businesses. And that yes. was my... Um, role in that business was to do the social media. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is what I'm always <laughs> meant to have been doing. It's the thing. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I think with South Coast Kids, it just, we struggled to monetize the great idea that we had. So I just thought, well, I can't just keep working for free. I have to be doing a business. And ironically, or maybe not ironically, I watched a, um, a video on Facebook about how to start your own social media business. Ah, and and okay. after watching that, I just went, you know what? I'm just doing it. That's it. And I think it was my birthday and I just decided that day. I love it. <laughs> yep. Just do it. Yeah, just, just do, it. do it. Yep. I, I get this weird feeling when something's really right. I get yes. a weird like feeling, you know, it's really, really strong. I have to do this. And so yes. I just had that feeling and the, and the, barriers to entry I suppose in a digital business are very low you don't you just need your laptop really and your imagination 
and an um, internet connection yeah and in, <laughs> yes which is which is funny because it's not very good where i live but <laughs> i still managed to get through so yeah so i guess it was just the the natural interest was always there and i just it just took me a little while to get there <laughs> yeah absolutely no but i love that and i think it's that gut instinct isn't it when you just get this feeling and it's an overwhelming feeling, but it's a positive feeling mm. and it's your go button. It's telling you, yep, this is it. You know, this is where I'm meant to be. And funnily enough, um, I spent 15 years in corporate land <laughs> and predominantly in the financial services industry. So in insurance and in broking, doing training and compliance stuff. And same with you, had my two kids, tried to go back to that environment and it just was not family friendly. Like you said, it's either you're all in or you're all out. Mm. And my journey into digital marketing was kind of the same. I was like, I really want to launch an online business, uh, taught myself how to build and, and develop, you know, my own website, press launch. And when nobody came that's when I fell into the world of SEO and online visibility and those types of things but the feeling was just so overwhelming in a, mm. in a positive way that I couldn't get enough of it I, yep. I couldn't my brain just wanted to continue to absorb all this learning and all this information and I found my passion you know, in my mid thirties yep. after having done, yeah, the, the sociology and psychology degree working in financial services. This is why I'm giggling because we've got so <laughs> many things that are so similar and, you know, even age wise, kid wise, all of yep. that kind of stuff. Twinning. Um, we are absolutely, <laughs> we're like little twins that were just meant to find each other and, and meant to be, which we did as, as mentioned, we continued to reach out and connect on social media, predominantly, I think it was Instagram. Yep. And yeah, it's nice to have those, you know, local relationships where you are each other's, you know, little encouragement buddies. And again, you know, really similar um, areas of digital marketing, yet, you know, still quite different. So Talking about Savvy Sally then and, and having launched that mm. after having that press, you know, go button moment happening. Yep. Um, once you did launch that, can you explain a little bit about the way in which you best serve your customers or your audience um, and, and how that all works, how that process works? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so I guess in a nutshell, what I do is I people who aren't comfortable or don't have experience in digital marketing, so social media primarily, that is where I come in. And I just, um, as you said in the intro, I, my first ever Facebook page that I managed, I grew it to 12 or 13,000 in, in 18 months. That's and insane. That, <laughs> and it was all organic as well. There was no paid advertising there. And that's, and that was, I guess the the clincher that made me realize not only do I love this, but I can actually do it as well. And so, yeah, so I guess what I really specialize in is, is helping people get their social media to the next level organically. Yes. So the thing I love about social media is that you can be good at sales or you can be good at photography or you can be good at marketing, but that doesn't necessarily make you good at social media because it's got its own, um, little foibles and little intricacies that you need to know how things work. Oh, the yeah, algorithms do. <laughs> yeah, the algorithm yeah. changes all the time, but there's little things that you can always do consistently. And so 
that's, I guess that's what I bring to the table is that I'm an absolute nerd when it Mm -hmm. comes to knowing what works and what doesn't. And I test on my own social media so that my clients don't suffer for my experiments. I suffer for my experiments. I love that. (laughs) Yep. So, so yeah, I started off really, um, I just approached a local the local business chamber where I live because I saw that they had these social media pages and I could tell that they didn't really have a handle on what they were doing. And I just approached them and met with them and I said, look, this is what I've built with South Coast Kids. It's quite similar, blah, blah, blah. And they said, yep, let's let's do it. And they're still my client to this day. And that's, I guess, where it started. Um, and it proved to me again that South Coast Kids wasn't really a one-off. No. It was something that I can replicate because I'm understanding the intricacies, but also bringing in that marketing and copywriting and photography element that I do. So my clients really just say, I need somebody to look after my social media. And then for them, I guess it's a, a set and forget because I can completely autonomously come up with ideas I can't sleep because I have so many ideas going around <laughs> in my head so yeah I just come up with the ideas and and get the photos and come up with the content and and use the algorithm to their advantage and my the little tips and tricks and coming up with strategies and and all that sort of thing so I can manage it for people, but I also coach people on how to do it themselves. And that ties in with the not necessarily having the budget to have someone manage it for you. So, and coaching I love again, because I get to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Again, we're so similar. I can talk underwater for hours and hours on end, particularly when it's about visibility and SEO and those types of things. Um, But yeah, I think what drives us really is the passion and we love what we do. And if you don't have that component in it, you can still be, you know, nerdy and geeky and and know all the bits and pieces, but that passion element really does need to be there for it to be sustainable. But I love the way that you've also got the options of, yes, I can do it for you or I can support you through things like coaching because many you know, of us who launch a new business, whether we're solopreneurs or small business owners with a little team, budget tends to be one of those things, I guess, that we don't have in the beginning when we're trying to build our businesses. And yeah, so having something that is still tailored to us that, that we can tap into and help us to build, you know, that brand um, and that visibility from a social media perspective is just so important. And I think I've shared with you, like, I'm certainly not a social media expert by any means of the imagination. I will only post when I feel like I've got something, you know, to say. Mm. Um, but like you, when I do, it usually hits me when I'm either in the bathroom or one o'clock in the morning and then I can't sleep because our creative brains just keep, you know, buzzing along. So I've got to write it in my notes on my iPhone or on a piece of paper because by the time I wake up, I'll forget, you know, it's like these little sparks. I don't know if you have those moments too, but it's like, if I don't write it down here and now, I'm going to forget by the time I you know, get to the next day or get to my desk and things like that. So absolutely. That happens to me when I'm in the shower or something like, I think because that's the only time your mind is cleared of everything else, you know, you've got that clarity, I guess. And so I'll be in the shower and I'll be like, Oh my God, I've come up with poems for clients in the shower. Yeah. It's (laughs) insane. It is. I think they freak out at that imagery, (laughs) but um, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's just amazing how it just it just comes from nowhere. And yeah, exactly. I, I tend to not have my phone next to my bed because I, if I did, I'd never get off it and I'd never, ever sleep. So I just go, remember, 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 and hope that I remember it the next day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you mentioned that. So with the organic reach and when you launched South Coast Kids, I, th- I guess lots of things have changed in that mm-hmm. time frame, particularly with social media profiles like our Facebook and Instagram and how they all work. So is there any like little tips or things that you can share with us today if people are thinking, oh, organic stuff isn't working anymore? Um, are there little sort of tidbits that yeah, that you can share that you've seen across the board. So maybe not specifically client-wise, but mm-hmm. yeah, anything that, that you've been able to identify or see. At the moment, as you say, it's always changing. But the biggest, I guess, the overriding thing that I always focus on that underpins every post that I do is that you want people to share it, especially on Facebook, because it's so hard to be found on Facebook. So if you're, if you're, what a lot of people tend to do is they create content and they can be really, really specific about what they're doing and and who they are and all that. Mm -hmm. And I always say you've got every now and then you've just got to step back and do Mm. something generic because you've got new followers or whatever. Not everybody knows the ins and outs of what you're doing and what you're all about. So I've found that the more generic posts, like, so it could be who you are as a business and what you do and what you love doing and just doing a random post like that every now and then, that's going to be more shareable than something really specific because new people will be interested in that, if that makes sense. So That's a really good point. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, and especially on Facebook sharing, as I said, is the only way really that you can grow because organic reach is just so low. So adding value as well, like through tips mm-hmm. um, that you can provide that your followers are interested in and they'll go, you know what, I've got friends who are interested in what she just said. So I'll share that as well so it's kind of like a two but shares and also um getting people to comment because that's that's what the algorithm loves Mm -hmm. so it's not really so much about exactly what you post but it's having that little bit of knowledge behind it to know what people are going to share and what people what's going to spark interest that people will comment about so as an example last night on my page I talked about how I don't like coffee. I saw that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I just talked about I don't like coffee and the reason why is because my brother's made me eat raw coffee and I'm scarred for life and blah, 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 blah. And and things, random things like that, you might not so much get shares out of that because it's more a personal thing about you, but you will get people commenting. It's got nothing to do with your business, but it's a general interest. It humanizes you. Yes. So people will comment on it in that way. And it, that, things like that get so many comments. And so yes. failing, failing the human element, it's the education or the generic stuff that gets, that gets shared. So, yeah, so they're probably the two main tips at the love moment. Love it. Love <laughs> it. And I noticed that with mine too, not so much on 
Facebook, but I think on Instagram, when you do reintroduce yourself and mm. you mention how you came to be and how your business started and what your background is and what you're there for, even sharing an image of yourself rather than unsplash or something like that. So something yes. really personal. I feel like more people will interact with that comment on that um, and you really get that high engagement rather mm. than, yeah, just something yeah, that's... that's Exactly. And showing your face, as much as I hate showing my face, you know, I've got the messiest bun in the universe that my pet bird thinks is a bird's nest. Um, (laughs) So even though, so that's why like another thing with social media, I guess, is having a photo shoot done because you're never going to look better than what you do when you're in a photo shoot where you've got a professional who's made you look half decent you don't have your pajamas on like what I get around in normally (laughs) so I'm more comfortable showing my face in that way but showing your face is definitely how you'll get the comments um absolutely and showing sharing your business journey and and personal things about you even if it's random about coffee (laughs) yeah absolutely no I love that and hindsight is a great thing right once we go through these different experiences there's certain things I guess that we would perhaps do differently or sometimes we wouldn't. So is there anything based on your launch of Savvy Sally and going through that process that you look back and think I would have done that differently and why? That is a fantastic question. Um, I think I, the underpinning thing for me is, is Mm self-confidence. So I would just love if I had, more self-confidence when I started the business because I think from based on that I undervalued myself and what I could offer a lot yeah and that and that has flow-on effects within your business you know you're not you're not as profitable and and things like that and I'm also a I'll go above and beyond you know and not charge people for things sometimes and you know oh it only took me five minutes and and all that sort of thing so I think I guess I would have liked to have had maybe some coaching up front to get me started on the right foot rather than having to figure it out as I went along in terms of pricing and what I do as well in social media. It's really hard to find what other people charge. <laughs> no one no one talks about that. No. So yeah, so it would have been nice to have known what other people are charging so I can sort of figure out where I sit among among there but that's probably in terms of the overall journey um I don't think I'd really change anything I mean I've learned a lot absolutely Mm. I've learned a lot and I'm still learning and I'm always doing courses and and that sort of thing um yeah and I just I pretty much love every second of what I do (laughs) and it shows through yeah you can really tell and Because I've it got does. My arms right, waving around everywhere when I talk. Like, not, even though you can only see me, I've got my arms. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with where I am. And, but I want to go to the next stage now as well. And yeah, so it's exciting. So nothing really major to change. I think. Yeah. And Ask I think me that it's... at 2 a.m. though, and I'll probably have an answer. <laughs> Absolutely. But I agree with you. I think you learn more from the things that didn't go right than your successes. And it's through times where it might be, I guess, a little bit quiet, like we've just gone through, you know, with COVID, having some of those changes that we've never been through or experienced before. But it's those tough times um, or those quieter times that will get you through 
you know, those moments because you've had those lessons because it hasn't been an easy journey. And we all, I think at one point go through, am I undervaluing things? You know, my pricing things at the right amount, same with you. If it only takes me five minutes, but there's also a quote that I saw on Instagram about that. And it says it may have only taken me five or 10 minutes, you know, to do that for you, but it's, it's actually taken, you know, eight or 10 years of experience and knowledge to do it so quickly in that amount of time. They have said so it true. quite eloquently in the quote, and I'm not doing as good a job of it as I am right now, but it's along those lines of, yeah, it may only take me a short period of time, but it is all of those years of knowledge and experience that enables me to be able to do it in a shorter amount of time than it would for you to have to do it yourself. So true. I'm going to remember that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Mm. Because it's what we need to keep in mind. Um, you know, that sometimes it's hard to think and, and remember this too, but because we have been doing what we have been for so long, it does come easier and more naturally to us. And I find the same thing about SEO. When you mention the word SEO, people automatically, you just see the wall, the bricks start <laughs> to, you know, pile up on top of each other and they're like, oh no, I can't do this. And it's until they do the coaching or they'll come to a training, you know, session or a webinar and they go, oh, it's not that overwhelming or difficult to do. It's applying some common sense principles, but it's just knowing the things to look out for. As you were saying with, you know, Facebook, what type of content should you be? Sherry what what are the goals that it is that you want to achieve through putting that post up because it is an investment of your time mm. so you want to try and maximize that with as little budget you know that we have um, getting the most out of what it is that we're sharing and what we're posting but yes to us it might come quite easily and quite naturally but to others who are not living and breathing what we do it's really quite overwhelming and really mm. difficult for them so, yeah, it's not so much the amount of time, but it's the years of experience. It's applying that knowledge and then it's seeing those outcomes for ourselves and for other businesses that that is your you know, service. That's your product that you're providing out there. Um, That's so true. Like it's, yeah, I just totally agree with everything that you say. And when you're so involved in the industry that you're in, you can forget like you assume that what you know isn't anything special. You yes. know, you're just like, oh, everybody knows knows that, but, but they, they don't. don't. Like, <laughs> when, even when you talk about SEO, people might go, what is SEO? And, yeah. you know, even you forget that because you're, you're the, in there every day and, and all that sort of thing. So you forget that you actually do know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and you, you have are. the experience. Yeah. And you are a specialist. I'm not so much a fan of the word expert or guru or those kinds of things, but I think specialist is a really nice way of saying, yeah, I do know my shit. I do know what mm. I'm talking about. And you do forget some of the most basic things. And I just think, oh, isn't that common knowledge? But it's not. So yeah, making sure that you are seeing that value. Mm. And I think that other people then also respect that and see your value too when you start to respect yourself and start to give yourself props for what it is that you do know and how much you are helping people as well. Um, one of the things I love that you shared, yes, was about your coffee post last night and being able to build that visibility organically 
on platforms like social media. So do you find that that is your main platform in order to build awareness about your business and your brand or what other things do you do in order to get visible? I guess it is the main platform because it'd probably look weird if it wasn't <laughs> considering <laughs> that that's what I do. Yeah. But, um, but at the same time, um, and I just did an episode about this in my podcast, outside of social media, networking and relationships has been the absolute biggest thing. And my theory in business is to be generous, just to fly in the face of what I just said about not charging enough. But I am a, a kind of generous in business. So um, in my community, I've done a lot of things that have built my profile in, in that way. So yes. it might be just helping people and, and giving something of value and, and that sort of thing. So around my community, that's, that's what I'm known for. Oh, talk to Savvy Sally. And that's what they call me. No one calls me by my name. I'm just I Savvy Sally. I don't either. You're always Savvy <laughs> Sally to me. I don't know you by anything. Like, I don't even know your last name unless I go and have a look at your emails or I don't even know what your last name is. Like, you're just Savvy Sally to me. Well, there you go. That's great branding, I suppose. But, but yeah, I, I get known. I'm known as Savvy Sally and everyone's like, oh, you got a problem with social media? Go see Savvy Sally. Do this, do this. And I, and I think that's just come from being generous and being out there in the community and not hiding behind my computer, yes. um, even though that's what I do. And a lot of people, I guess, when they, especially when they're starting out, they think, oh, I've got to build up my social media presence. But to tell you the truth, I, I think I'd still be in the same position even if I didn't have a social media account because most of my clients have come through word of mouth and connections within the community and, and that sort of thing. But I definitely see my social media as how I'm going to reach new people. Yes. Um, yes. People are much broader than within my own community, but locally it's definitely, yeah, those personal connections and networking groups and, and pres doing presentations for the business chamber and that type of thing. Offline, and this is a reoccurring theme that has popped up in every single podcast interview that I've done with my guests word of mouth and that offline networking through our community groups, and as you as you said, sharing such value and content and really supporting people within our communities. Mm -hmm. It really does spread like wildfire. Yep. Whether you do something good or do something bad, either or is going to spread, right? So exactly. you may as well do good because that is what's going to then generate. As you said, when someone, you know, bumps into Joe at the supermarket and they start having a chat about life and how's business going and, oh, you really need help with that. They know exactly who it is that they're going to refer to when it comes to their social media, you know, presence. And, Yes, you know, being behind a computer is great, but it certainly does, you know, have its limitations. And there's a difference, I think, between meeting someone in person and just chatting to them via a DM or via a message or on Facebook or whatever it is. Like I know that you, when you and I met in person, it's a different energy mm. and it really does build that connection and that relationship a little bit more and again you know my area of expertise is online and visibility and all that kind of stuff but I absolutely know the value of offline marketing and getting yourself out there and building up those networks and that community because 
we might be running our own businesses, we might be those solopreneurs, but building a business isn't actually doing it alone. So the, the point that we're at right now, I didn't get to where I am at this stage through doing everything by myself. I'm here because of a lot of love and support that I've received from people within my local community and then expanding that, you know, further into like Sydney and Melbourne and, and all those kinds of things. But we don't get here alone. Yep. And I That's think, so true. Yeah, sitting behind a computer is one thing, but really putting yourself out there. But it does take confidence. Like the first networking event that I went to in Wollongong, I remember I was sitting on a stool in a very dark corner and I did not know how to approach people because I had just spent about six and a half years working from home for an agency where we didn't need to meet and greet. We didn't need to market ourselves or our personal brand. And so having those, you know, abilities to, to get up and actually speak to people that you don't know, that takes a lot of practice and that takes time. I don't know if you found that as well, moving from your financial services background, then having kids and then putting yourself out there and really that personal branding process and experience but it's not easy when you first start out like yeah. did you find any speed bumps when you started to really dip your feet into the water with that I think um I've always been a social person and yes. so even financial planning is a lot of people think it's about sales but it's actually all about relationships and so I've always been in my career used to dealing with people from all different walks of life all different ages genders everything and having to relate to everybody so with financial planning I you know that was fine and that's what I always did but then when I had kids and I left work, then I definitely lost confidence. Absolutely. Because I'd felt like I'd just been out of it, you know, out of the zone or, or whatever. And I wasn't used to having meetings anymore and, and that type of thing. It was only for probably four years or something. But when we first started South Coast Kids and we were talking with others about, you know, maybe advertising through us, definitely I hardly ever spoke. Um, but now <laughs> you can't <laughs> stop <for> you. <laughs> Try and I put a lid on it. I know. And I can't walk down the street and everyone's like, oh, hello, and, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and yeah, so I find networking now, I don't, I don't even talk about what I do a lot of the time. I just talk to people as a person, you know. And I love then, it. Yeah, yeah, and then they'll ask, oh, so what is it that you do? And I'll say, oh, blah, blah, blah. But I won't go up and introduce myself as, oh, I'm Savvy Sally and I have a podcast and this is what I do. And, you know, it's like, yes. to, yeah, I'm just not into that. I'm more interested in the other person and, and what they're doing. And I think that comes from financial planning as well, is I'm more of a person who asks the questions rather than gives the answers. Like, if that makes sense, when you talk, when you're first meeting people, you're learning yes. about them. And that's what I like to do. Um, yeah, so I, I love the networking and, and all that, but definitely there was a little blip there after I had the kids for yeah. sure. I found yeah. the same thing and I found working from home for such a long period of time that you do lose some of those skills. Like you forget who you are mm. and it really takes time to rebuild the confidence to be able to go up to people. And I'm the same. The last thing on my mind is telling them what I do because then I know I'm going to have to spend the next 45 minutes to an hour explaining what it is that I do. <laughs> I can't just say, oh, it's SEO or visibility. It, it, there's so much more to it than just a title, I guess, or 
you know what it is so I'm with you I love to meet people I love to get to know what it is that they're interested in and what it is that they do and usually asking me what it is that I do is very secondary or comes in third or fourth mm. you know it's part of the conversation but it's not really the the purpose and point I think of of going to these things but I know I've also become really selective as to which networking opportunities and things I will go to because once you do get that visibility and once your business grows you get busy yes. <laughs> um and being a real gatekeeper of your time is just so important because you can get lost in going to, you know, the opening of an envelope really and spend most of your time just attending different things. And again, this has popped up um, in a few of the guest interviews that I've done on the podcast. You've got to be really selective, I think, as a small business owner with your time because it is still an investment. Absolutely. And we're doing everything, you know, especially when you're a solo, you're kind of doing, I do all my own admin. I do all my own accounting sort of thing. I do all my own marketing and I do my actual work that I have to do as well. And so, yeah, being selective absolutely is, is important, especially for someone like me. I live in a tiny little town, the nearest town's 25 minutes away. So, and that's where everybody else is. So I've got to add an extra hour or so on to meeting somebody for yes. travel time. Yes. So it takes a big chunk out of my day. Yeah. Because yeah. you do, as you said, you've got billable hours. You've got to sit down and create and be in flow mm. as well. So when you are in a creative you know, space and that's the work that you do, you need to ensure you're in the right mindset because... You know, we can't all just jump in the shower or <laughs> have those moments of random creativity. Sometimes we've actually got to do it at our desk, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, so. and I love that point too about being in the flow of creativity because yeah. that's one of the biggest things that I um, talk about when I'm yeah. coaching people is is scheduling things. So yeah. it's a time saving exercise when you, when you do things in advance, but it also, you, you get into that flow and with your social media posts, especially because people can struggle with what the hell should I talk about now? Whereas if you go in and, and go, right, I'm going to schedule the week's worth of content every Monday, which is what I try to do. Um, you get into a flow and you go, oh, I've just talked about that. This will flow on nicely after that and la, la, la. You know, it's just so much easier when yes. you get into this flow of things. Absolutely. I had to throw in a social media reference there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what this, this episode is all about. It's all about the social love. And one thing that people may not know, I've just did a blog post about this actually, but social media helps your SEO. So one of the common things that I get from small business owners is they'll come to me and say, Doors, I've launched a website, but I've done nothing about my SEO. And I'll say to them, okay, so have you set up a Facebook page or an Instagram page or are you on LinkedIn? Yeah. And it's like, well, you are already working towards it, but you just didn't know about it. So there's so many correlations between the two. Yes, they are two separate um, platforms as, as such or two different areas but there is lots of things that yeah cross over absolutely and, and because you're, yeah your social media is like the top of the funnel that's where you where your 
sort of getting to know people or people are becoming aware of you. Yes. And the idea is that they should then go to your website to check out what you can do for them and, and that sort of thing. That's definitely the way I view it. They're, they're related for sure. Absolutely. And Google loves them too. So when Google mm. can see that you're doing things on social media, it starts to connect the dots. But you're right. Like they'll go and take a look at you know, your bits and pieces online. And then the next thing they should be doing is taking a look at your website, what it is that you do a little bit more about you, your services, where you're located, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's just connecting all of those dots um, and making sure that you've got that consistent presence online, but they are so related. Um, So anyone out there, don't worry. If you have launched a website and you think you've not done any SEO, you probably have, you're just not aware of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's a really, really interesting topic. I love, as I said, I love anything to do with visibility and and SEO. I wouldn't necessarily claim myself as a social media expert, but it it definitely has that brand awareness and does build that, you know, visibility for your business. It's just so important to, to be on there and to be visible. Absolutely. Yeah. Now we've just come out of the naughty C word, which is COVID. (laughs) Um, And I guess there's been lots of changes that we've seen both with the businesses we work with as well as for our own businesses. And would you say you've had to make some changes to both yourself and to the clients that you work with as a result of COVID? And what are you seeing as maybe some of the emerging changes now that are coming through? now that we're at the other side. And this could be a really big (laughs) conversation. It's a a great question. I know that um, for me personally, when Corona started, I just thought, oh no, no one's going to have the money because I had a lot of clients who were tourism based. Right. No one's going to have the money to um, pay a social. Or the businesses. Like if you can't bring in the tourists, there's no really point in marketing. Yeah. That's right. But But the irony was... It was actually the opposite. Um, I found that people were, they had nothing better to do but sit on their iPhones in that all day, unless you've got kids and then you've got zero time. But yep. um, otherwise, you know, that connection was more important than ever. So definitely when there's something um, big like that happening in the world, you have to adjust the way you approach your marketing on social media and, and otherwise. And this is what I did with a lot of my clients. I... Um, so I had, I did have a couple of them sort of pull back, which I completely understood, you know, they weren't getting accommodation bookings and, and all that sort of thing. But I did say to them, look, um, I really think you need to maintain a presence because everyone's in isolation. We're in an absolutely beautiful spot that's close to Sydney. They are going to flock here when mm. this is over. So you want to be getting in front of people and n- making them aware that you are here so that as soon as they say, righto, you can leave your house again, that's where, they, that's where they're going to come. Yeah. So it definitely required a change of tack from that perspective. And also I found I was using that time personally to build more of my, um, here's how I can help you. And I was definitely trying to just help people through that period. So I guess that's that was it from a social media perspective, but from a, a business perspective, I think the biggest lesson that it all, that it taught a lot of people that I know, a lot of businesses is to be adaptable and mm. to not 
it's not enough anymore to just have maybe one stream of income or just ha or just be a bricks and mortar shop and not have a website as well. You have to really be strategic about the marketing that you do, where you're showing up, um, the customer experience that, yeah, the, I guess the traditional ways of, Oh, I'll open a shop and people will come it just doesn't work anymore. You need that online presence. You need to be, you can't be, as I always say, half-assed. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to be all in with everything to do with your business. So yeah, I think that was the biggest thing and, and being adaptable, but also preparing for if the poo's going to hit the fan and, yeah. um, and being able to move quickly. And that's the benefit that we have as a small business. We can, we can pivot and adjust as we need to much quicker than a big organization. Agree. So, yeah. So it was just an interesting time. And I got, I actually got busier myself, the opposite of what I thought. I thought it was going to be the end of me, but I ended up because I adjusted a little bit, I ended up getting more clients coming in that weren't necessarily in the market that I was focusing on before. Yes. And, that's been really, really fun. <laughs> like, Excellent. yeah, it's just been, it's been really good. So my business kind of doubled during that period, which was really unexpected. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I love lots of your key points that you've shared there, particularly with bricks and mortar businesses, not having that online presence. And we did see a lot of like restaurants and a lot of cafes you know, enable that online experience to happen, but it mm. took a pandemic for mm -hmm. us to all stop and reassess our businesses, the structure of our businesses and the way in which we can diversify some of those income streams. Because if you are a bricks and mortar or vice versa, like if you were just predominantly online um, and you didn't have any options or things that you did offline, that's also going to be not such a great idea because... Yep. We don't have control over things like internet and, and exactly. access and all those types of things. So you've got to really think about your different buckets and you've got to think about filling those buckets, you know, to a certain degree because having it all just in one is really not the way to remain sustainable or to be able to grow. And, and I love the way that you said, you know, you're predominantly looking after a particular you know, area of, of tourism and clients within that bucket. But through COVID, you've realized that, hey, I can also help all of these other, you know, types of businesses. And having that mindset and having that open mind about it is what allows you to then, as you said, pivot and move into a different direction. Mm. I think sometimes if we are so strict on staying in one lane and not thinking about putting our indicator on and moving left or moving right that yeah it can definitely you know hinder us in that way absolutely absolutely yeah. i think that's the big just be a little bit flexible it's yes. not it's not the end of the world to be a little bit flexible it's not a failure it's not anything like that it's actually smart to be yeah. flexible when you see that hang on i need to i need to adapt here you just do it. You just have to adapt. So you yeah. can't just go, no, nah, I'm refusing to do that. And yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of businesses who have come out of it going, well, wow, that was, that was full on. And I've learned X, Y, Z out of that. And so I think in that way, the whole COVID thing 
was kind of positive to the people who didn't get, you know, lose their jobs and, and all that. It was yeah. kind of a positive thing. People had time to work on their business and not in their business so much. Yep. And to adapt and get those websites built. And I launched my podcast and same. All yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our yeah. to-do lists of the stuff that we've been wanting to do but just haven't yep. had the time to do it. Um, definitely, I think was an opportunity, as you said, to work on your business rather than in your business. And mm. there were a few missed messages that I saw, particularly on social media during that time where I guess some specialists or experts, whatever word you'd like to use, were saying, oh, now is really not the time to be marketing. But really you can't just hide into a cave or, or in a tunnel and completely disappear because as with all things, nothing is permanent. Mm. So whatever is happening at the moment, can change at any moment and if we all go into hibernation and we feel a bit icky because we're like oh we really shouldn't be promoting or you know sharing our services or our products I mean we do need to continue to grow and be sustainable but I think it's the way in which we share the message it's what we're saying but like how we're saying it is what's important mm. so yeah certainly have to be mindful that people do have different circumstances now. You know, some people have had to close down their businesses. They've lost their jobs. And I think being able to recognize that, not so much ignore it, but, you know, acknowledging that. Yeah. But we certainly can't just yeah, hide, you know, in a cave and, and disappear from, from visibility because that's not going to help anybody. That's and right. when we do come out of it, um, people are going to need us. And as you said, you know, you ended up doubling your business during that time. So I think it's important the type of messaging that we're sending out there, um, but continuing definitely to keep that visibility going so that, you know, we don't disappear um, mm. into thin air and we can definitely continue to do what we do. So that's right. Yeah, yeah, just adjust your messaging. Um, yes. You know, it's a little bit insensitive when thousands of people have lost their jobs to be going, oh, come and buy this amazing $4,000 jacket. Yeah. That's a little bit, that definitely that type of marketing is like, oh, that's not quite right. Yeah. But, but marketing that's sympathetic to what people are going through and adding value or sharing more about you personally was what worked when that was happening, building more of that personal connection with yes. people, empathizing. Um, yeah. And it's all a long-term game anyway, you know, and what, how do you want to be seen on the other side is what I had in the back of my mind. Do you want to be seen as the person who disappeared yeah. or do you want to be seen as the person who just went, yep, this is happening and here's how I can still help you, yes. you know, or here's, here's being sympathetic to what's what's going on and, and that type of thing. And that's definitely the way I wanted to be seen Absolutely. when we came out the other side. Agree with, yeah, mm. agree with that as well. And it's just diversifying some of your offerings. So I know for myself, I had to cancel all my in-person workshops, you know, that were happening at my training um, little centre here at the office. But I also knew that, hey, this is the time when people are working on their business and this is when they need someone like me to help them break down that overwhelm when it comes to the topic of visibility or SEO. And so transitioning some of those things to an online format and running webinars and training sessions and audits and doing, you know, lots of stuff I did as well that was just 
pro bono complimentary yeah. just there yep. to help and support our communities yep. during a really shitty bloody time yeah um is is you know what what you need to do but it just builds and connects with so many other people that you may have not had the opportunity to do had this not happened mm. so thinking about it in those ways and as you said just being mindful of circumstances empathizing with that but also recognizing that you still have lots of value to share and it's usually during those types of situations when they need people like you and exactly. I most. Exactly. So, yeah, disappearing is not an option. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been so fun to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being my guest. Um, now, if you'd like to get in touch with Savvy Sally, you can visit her on the website at savvysally.com.au. She's also on Facebook and Instagram and her handles are at Savvy Sally Content. Now, when this podcast episode is published, I'll also be popping all of those social media and website links on there. Um, I guess, are there any parting words or anything else that you would like to share with our audience today? Anything that's up and coming um, that you can yeah, give us some insight into? Yes, I'm working on a fun little thing at the moment, um, yep. which I, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to give too much away because I like <laughs> surprises. I like yep. surprising people. But it's something that you can use to help your social media that's quick and easy and you can, um, I guess, kind of like an audit system but with like having me in your pocket at the same time as well to go, do it this way, don't do it that way Love and, it. and all that sort of thing. So I've hopefully if I can um, smash it out yeah. <laughs> by the time this episode gets published, yep. it will be ready. Um, yeah, because I think that will add a lot of value to people and just demystify whether you've got things set up in the right way, whether you're optimizing every little element of your social media where it can be optimized yep. to help you get visible on there. So, Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I'll be popping a link um, onto that underneath the episode as well once that goes live and I'll be pushing you along just a little nudge, gentle nudge saying, how's it going, Savvy? <laughs> Savvy Sally, come on, let's get it going. Um, but yes, we'll definitely pop that on there because I know how much value that will provide uh, to our listeners as well. So yes, thank you so much in giving us that little insight um, <laughs> to your little secret that's, that's going to hopefully pop out quite soon. Um, yep. which would be awesome. fantastic excellent well again appreciate you being a guest today so much golden value for our listeners um, look forward to staying in touch and we'll also be creating a few things together as well so for our listeners keep your ears and eyes opened on socials and our websites um, and we'll share more information about those little exciting bits as, as yes they develop as well Yes, we definitely will. Thank Wonderful. you so much for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Sally. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for giving this show a listen. And don't forget to leave your feedback and rating as this would make me very happy. Now, if you want to learn more about me or my services, please jump on over to letsgetvisible.com.au where you'll also find links to my socials so you can connect there as well. Okay, well, that's a wrap for another episode. So I'll join you next time on the Let's Get Visible podcast.